0: Jonathan, first things first, how are you? I am very good. Looking forward
1: to our record.
0: That's very good to hear. So, where I want to start is now the previous album, Reanimator, was released, I think, in September of 2020, which was right kind of in the middle of, of the whole pandemic thing yeah. where, where it started. And you never really got to. I suppose, finish that, that album cycle as you do, as you go touring and all that stuff. So what was it like starting a new record, starting a new creative enterprise in a way what, with that kind of lingering or did it even feel like that?
1: It was it was really weird. Um, it didn't feel like Reanimator really happened at all. It felt mm-hmm. like um, it just got lost in the the mists of the pandemic. Um so yeah, it was quite strange when we just sort of we kind of realized we're just gonna to have to make another one because we can't do anything. And I just didn't know where to where to start, where to look, um, what to write about, what to what to write really. So yeah, that was quite a difficult way to begin so quickly.
0: What what was the impetuous then to start? Because you could have tried to wait it out uh, with not knowing what the
1: future would hold, but. No, it, it became, well, we just had nothing to do. and we we knew there was going to be no festivals. We knew there was going to be no tour Um, for, you know, we could, you could see that it was going to be a year or two years and it ended up being, well, I guess sort of three, but the way, it, the way our album fell in terms of time meant that we hadn't played a tour since, 2018 Mm -hmm. and we've only just got back on the road now so that's four years which is crazy yeah um so we just thought we we need to make another record so that we we get back in sync with the world really
0: from you as a songwriter from your perspective uh what was it like because you mentioned you didn't know what to write and now um you've always written kind of about the world what's going on and then last album you went a little bit more inward and now you say mm-hmm. you, you didn't really know what to write is it, is it tough as a songwriter as a lyricist to come up with things to to write
1: about uh i guess so it isn't really um i don't really know because I've always been in this position mm. i don't think I don't find it actually hard but it you do have to keep thinking about it um and you have to always come up with something new for the next time do your absolute best and then everyone just turns around and says okay now do it again now do it again now do it again now do it again and this is the seventh no sixth mm. record so yeah it was i i partly didn't want to really talk about myself again on this album because I felt like I've always done that and I didn't feel as bad as I usually do and I just put a record out and I just I just wanted a break from me so that's partly why I started to write makeup characters and use AI and things like that to try and um, get away from myself a bit.
0: Yeah, well, when when did the idea of enlisting what would be, would become Kevin kind of,
1: when, when did that idea start to shape itself? I knew that I wanted to call the album Kevin's Car. <laughs> that was the first idea I had. Um, and I stuck to it for like 90% of the, of the writing time. And then at the end, the other guys never <laughs> fully were on board. And then they, in the end, we changed it. But there was a song called Kevin's Car. Right. and there are, there's lots of songs about Kevin so that was the only thing I had after Reanimator, and it was like it was making another album, I was like Kevin's car, Kevin's car, Kevin's car Kevin's car, <laughs> yeah
0: well, what's, What is Kevin's car then? Because, uh, like you <laughs> said, there is a, a song on the album uh, What is Kevin's car? What, what do you picture when you think about that?
1: It's supposed to be a sort of um, fantasy that this boy has that he uses to escape his life he's, he's thinking about one day he'll get this car he'll ride away so he's dreaming about kevin's car but in the well, that was what it was going to be mm. but then in the end it kind of became like a place where it kind of became a metaphor for like feeling safe with someone like sleeping in the back of your car was kind of the the way that he and this and his girlfriend one of them i don't know which one it doesn't matter felt when they were with the other one it felt like i'm sleeping and you're driving and it's all okay and we and we're getting away so that's what that song's kind of about it's like falling into somebody and just kind of saying it's okay now
0: and then that notion of feeling safe or or feeling yeah it would protect it in a way i i got a sense of that from leviathan as well um yeah. so so this notion of, of feeling safe or and, and it can manifest itself in many forms obviously but but where did that come from and you mentioned earlier you, you were quite happy as you wrote this song uh, uh, this album you were in a great spot i suppose
1: yeah well certain things changed in my life over the course of the pandemic um certain relationships changed where i live changed things like that and i gen- just generally a lot happier now than I was on all the other albums. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Well, that's good to
0: hear. Um, let's jump back to Kevin then, because I think, now I might be mistaken, but I think the origins of it was that you saw something about AI uh, writing poetry, which is kind of... Yeah, I think so. Kind of, uh, I think you referred it as one step away from what I do. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, this notion of ai and and infringing upon kind of what what it means to be human and then i I think i suppose from both sides why did that become a prominent
1: thing in 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 your head or in the bands kind of it just interested me and and i felt like can i is it good enough to to give me the same feelings when i read something that's written by a computer or written by shakespeare or whatever um And will that work for other people? And it just intrigued me um, because initially I thought, no, there's no way. And then almost immediately I realized, of course it can. And I just thought that was fascinating. And I also decided I wouldn't tell anyone what the AI wrote in my songs. So they would never know what if they were, you know, truly getting in touch with my soul or reading something that came from LinkedIn, you know, I love that feeling of, um, uh, Potential I love the fact that people can it's all in the listener anyway, isn't it? You sure. know, I'm only putting words together, and so's the computer, and everything else that happens is happening away from me, and I think it's quite cool do you think, especially in this day and age with uh,
0: technology being as advanced as it is that the, that the line between
1: what is real and what is artificial is almost indistinguishable? I think it's getting very close now, yeah. Well you, I mean there's the, there's the example with it if it's just words, yeah, I think that line is crossed, definitely. Mm-hmm. you know, artistic words. maybe maybe I mean you get those uh, news articles that are written by AI, and people read them every day and they don't even know what, that that's what they're reading. Um, so yeah, certain things are not quite there, but but it won't take very long.
0: The interesting uh, part of it, I suppose, then is, is the creative world where where uh, AI can can make a painting or can, can, as you say, write some words. But also, I suppose, confuse, uh, uh, compose music. So so yeah, can. finding that balance between, obviously, on the radio, you've always had uh, a- incorporated electronic elements, but finding that balance between the artificial and the kind of the quote-unquote real... Um, How is that? What is that like for for you as a band to to kind of find that balance?
1: We never use the AI to to write music, but you definitely can do that. We just thought that there was no point um, because we enjoy making music too much, you know. Um, But yeah, finding that I I really like where where things that don't mean anything meet things that mean a lot. And I really like crossing that line and, and exploring that because it's, like I say, it's, what means a lot is really um up to the person and I think that's kind of fascinating there is no thing that everyone agrees on and sometimes people can find a lot of meaning in you know a a, an error or a glitch that shouldn't be there or a mistake or um you know lots of mistakes in art are kind of the things that people like the most and and things that aren't, don't really have meaning, people fall in love with those things, and I really like that. Mm. Because it's celebrating the imagination of the consumer rather than the artist themselves, which is really where all art lives. In that sense, though, was this
0: a very liberating process where you, where you didn't overthink too much in a way?
1: Yeah, yeah. we wrote, we wrote and recorded the whole thing in three months, which is okay. super fast right so we were writing us. i was writing the songs you know in a day or two days and then spending not long on the lyrics you know just going this is what i think is good i'm not going to think about all this crazy shit i used to think about i'm just going to do something good <laughs> and um that felt great yeah
0: this might be difficult
1: to answer uh but but where did this new
0: Philosophy, that's not the right word, but where, where did that come from in, in a sense? What, what allowed you and the, and the band uh, to kind of do that in a way? But have, you, have you kind of, because I imagine when you, when, you, when you are in a band and in a somewhat successful band, there is some expectations, there's some pressures from all uh, areas. What kind of allowed you this time around to, to not
1: uh, take those kind of distractions into account too much? It was lots of things. It was the, the situation, the pandemic put us in where we had to do it fast because vinyl takes a year mm-hmm. to get made now. Maybe you've heard. Um, sure, just because of Adele, I think. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bands are really screwed over by that. And Brexit <laughs> didn't help that either. Um, so partly we knew we had to work fast. We just made an album that we put all our energy and all of our high concept into. And we thought, oh, we're not doing that again. We, we can't do that again. Um, we all were feeling um, just quite good, really, because of things that had happened in our lives as a you know a couple of us have had children and stuff like this, and the relationships had changed, and it just felt like time to do something new, we just very confident. We knew that we just made five good albums, and we were just confident enough, and Alex was producing, which is another big, huge part of this, is that. There was no one else there it was just us four it was like let's just do it we, we can we can do everything ourselves you know i've done the front i've done the cover of the album on this one you know everything was just us and it just felt um f- yeah that's quite liberating the fact that we we are so confident how,
0: how did the decision making process go was it was it very streamlined that they did, did all noses kind of point in the same direction or was yeah. there some some contention as well
1: not really, not as well. there is was, was always a bit, but when it came to things like what goes on the record, which is obviously the biggest question when you're right. a band, we just decided to put everything on, everything we recorded, everything we wrote. So that's 14 tracks. I think it's our longest record, maybe. And uh, that was because there was no song that, that uh, everyone disliked, which is usually there is one or two. This was like someone or two of us liked Everything we've done, which is great. I mean, I liked everything, <laughs> and uh, I think that's indicative of the fact that we've just felt relaxed enough that it doesn't matter if this song is crazily different to the first song. You know, the eighth song is is insane compared to the first. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's a sort of celebration of creativity.
0: What was the, if if we can uh, kind of uh, move into the songs a little bit more? Uh concretely well what what is one that you didn't expect kind of if, if you let's say two years ago had to listen had to listen to this record which one uh felt impossible before uh, maybe a couple of years before but now uh, um, i didn't phrase that right but yeah i know what you mean
1: um i don't know you know i think they all feel like songs that I've been wanting to write for a long time and maybe was too cynical to do a lot of them Mm. in the past. So there's lots of positive music on there or there's songs that just don't have a darkness, although they actually all do, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, like Teletype or I want to love like this, are just kind of songs about feeling good, which is, you couldn't get that on any of our other albums you just wouldn't be, wouldn't be there I wouldn't have written it would have wanted to destroy it in some way or corrupt it in some way um so I guess those certainly those opening two are unusual for us
0: well especially it's interesting that you mentioned it because uh I want to love like this it, it, obviously sonically it's all it sounds very very Nice. Uh, but then if you delve into the lyrics, there's a, there's a lot of a- angst and, 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 and
1: kind of apprehension in it. So, so
0: is that inevitable with your writing that there's always kind of that, that yeah, other side to it?
1: That's inevitable with, with feelings, isn't it? I think there's right. got to be honest about feelings. They're never just one color, I think. But in terms of what the broad strokes of that is, it's super positive. Usually I would write a song about how the world's going to end or you know everyone's going to die and I might put in but I love you somewhere this is more like I love you some bad stuff's happening over here you know <laughs> right
0: well fair, fair enough um, mm. there's a there's a, another song that I want to delve in then uh sonically uh software great man the la- uh, final album one track track mm-hmm. uh, on the album uh final track on the album uh, because there's a line in there which I I, I think uh, kind of covers uh, some of the other songs as well. I don't know how to get over this thing because it's always there. So so that line, what what inspired that line, or where did that kind of come from?
1: Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, you know. It's pretty honest and open line. Really, it's a, a lot of the music on the record is about trying to deal with something bad that's happened and different ways to deal with it. So getting you know pissed out of your head or using computers and technology to take over or finding a new person to hold on to lots of different coping mechanisms and um that song was written at a time when I felt that I couldn't cope with that thing but I think in making the record I don't feel like that now so that's kind of why I made the record you know this is maybe
0: way too broad a question, but what motivates you? What, what kind of gets you to do this? What, the thing that you're doing, this songwriting, this kind of expressing yourself in, in, in this manner?
1: I just have ideas, 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 ideas all the time. The, the day I, I finished the last video for Broad Data Feel, so that's one that hasn't come out yet, um, was about three days ago. And on that day, I reopened my animation program and des- decided to start a major new uh, project okay. because I, I have all these ideas that I, I can't stop really as, and I've always been like that so it's what I love doing I'd be happy living in a cave if I had a laptop with all my programs on it to make music and make film honestly I don't need anything else <laughs>
0: okay. but with that in mind then because we're We are talking about technology in some sense are are you very dependent on technology as you mentioned if you had a laptop uh, with you then you'd be fine
1: yeah of course i am completely and i i've always jumped into technology as far as i can long before everyone had computers i had one you know when i was 10 and i had a phone as soon as i could and i've always been like that um i don't have to be at the very forefront of it but i always use it very uh (laughs) I always push it really far. Like my laptop's always overheating.
0: What is the what is the it, pull then? Is it kind of the frontier or the unknown of it of it all? That where to push it or the where, where it can that, go? Mm.
1: It's the potential that you can use it to bring your ideas out onto the the page or onto the screen or into people's ears, even if no one listens to it. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I do think I would still be doing it because I was doing it before anyone ever listened to it, you know, and there's loads of stuff that I make that no one ever sees Mm. or hears. I think you just, uh, sometimes you just, that's the way you feel okay is, um, generating stuff. It's a very human thing. I think we all do it. I I mentioned before
0: that there are, there, there's another side when you are a professional band and, and and you you're somewhat successful. It becomes a livelihood, and people depend on you, and all that stuff. So, so has that at all affected then the way you look at your own creativity?
1: No, I don't. I don't have anything where I look back and go, "Oh, I did that for any other reasons." I think we've always been lucky with who we've worked with. They've let us do what we want, or um, I don't think we. I just don't think it would work if it, if there was too much. I mean we have like a we have a commercial ear. We know sure. what isn't going to work and we know what's more likely to work. But there's always like a a desire to actually make something real at the base of it, at the heart of it. We don't get very far being too cynical. You know, writing for writing specifically for people doesn't really work. Mm. I don't think it ever works with anyone. Unless they're in a, a team of people who do that on purpose, you know, mm. and you know what you're getting, you know, like um, K-pop or something. It's like no yeah. one really believes that those boys love, all love this one girl. Do they? You know, that's just, it's obviously been made up. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Final question. <laughs> that's an interesting uh, take on K-pop. Um, <laughs> raw data feel that those those three words um where did they come from
1: well i had this i I wanted it to be called kevin's car let's not forget sure (laughs) but um (laughs) it wasn't gonna fly all the way you got vetoed Um, no i I didn't actually they were they were good about it i could tell they weren't happy but they just um in the end i wanted to change it. i guess but the uh yeah, I had all this music that was about computers and em- emotion. And I, want, I thought that there was something that could be done that married raw emotion and raw data. Something about the term raw data just felt right. Mm-hmm. But I, could, I knew I couldn't just call the album raw data. So I was experimenting with other words I could throw in to um, bring the human element to it. And it I, I was originally raw data feeling. And then I was trying to mock up a little square that had the words on to try and get the other guys excited. And I kind of got the big, big raw, big data. And I was like, oh, "Feelings a bit too long." And I sort of "feel." And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Fuck, that's right. That's the one."
0: When you perform live, obviously it's very raw and it's uh, emotive, and then there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, it's visceral. But the other side of it is there a very, very conscious, maybe maybe analytical side to it?
1: live well there is we use a lot of technology live there is um alex has just started to bring his synths on stage now the ones he makes himself okay um so that's like a big step up for this record live and there's a lot of the thing about his synths is that yeah they're computers and yeah they're going to do what you ask them to but they're sort of if they almost feel like they are alive to be honest to me there's so much um there's so many variables that can change and it's all kind of analog stuff like it's not just a strange black box with binary in it it's actually really happening there in front of you and you can you you can almost you can't actually see it but you can you can imagine what's happening inside these chips or whatever Um, so yeah I think that's the sound of that is actually a really good marriage of reality and virtual reality as it were
0: <laughs> because yeah. there is obviously a performance aspect to it and then and, and there's, there's oh, yeah. a, an aesthetic to it so so is that at the forefront of, of your minds as well to to kind of create this this ad- illusion is, yeah. is not the right word but maybe experience or
1: yeah definitely there's always aesthetically there's always a big um it's always a big part of the process once we've done the music we start to think about how it should look and how it should look live and how we should dress and how we should be photographed and all this stuff yeah
0: okay final question then um considering the title raw dad i feel like kind of what you've explained just now i can imagine and then kind of not overthinking during the creative process i can imagine that that songs maybe shift in meaning or shift or evolve over time and i don't know what the space has been uh if it's long enough now but have songs already changed for you have
1: certain No, it hasn't been long enough. Um, I mean, the singles have been out for a bit now, I guess, but I still feel pretty close to those. Um, Maybe if we, yeah, in like another six months or once, once all the fans know the songs and they've got their own ideas about them, and maybe they'll start to change in my mind a bit, but not yet. Fair enough. Jonathan, may I thank you for your time? Thank you. Cheers.